Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast. I'm Chuck. Today's episode is brought to you by Lower Gentry Studios, as always. Lower Gentry Studios is a low-budget film company that specializes in high-quality productions. You can catch their upcoming web series, Canyon County, in December of this year, 2018. Um, Today, I'm excited. I sit down with Tyler Carson. He's a friend of mine and an amazing violinist slash musician slash adventurer. Enjoy. I lost my microphone. Just a second. <laughs> your ear it's microphone. Very nice to be here. <laughs> Welcome. We're we're on the record, so that's included. That's a record player. No, on the record, as far as like this is now historically documented. On a record player. No, no, on a, just a digital player. No, no, say what you mean. <laughs> Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. I'm confused. Uh, this is recording. That's what all the oh. red lights are for. Yeah. Don't they have that? I challenge you to a one-note duel. Okay. Would you like some background music for it? Well, yeah. I mean, do you want you want a drum beat? This is my favorite drum beat that's pre-programmed into this Casio. Zero one one five. No, it's oh four. Oh, you ready? Second favorite. better with context i kind of, i think i stole your line play the dogs could hear the last one that was i i felt it there was a reason we did that <laughs> yeah the I one think. note song yes cuz you told me that we we're going to do a one note song then yeah i just went for it i think what better way to use your violin talent than to just have you play a single note over and over again (laughs) what's the best way to showcase your violin playing skills let's put them in a box in one note (laughs) just g yeah there it is welcome to treasure valley podcast thank you do you want to play a little a little ditty and um i can put the i can put the castillo to rest i think that counts does that count as a ditty yeah Yo, did he? Well, we were we before we started. It was pointed out that perhaps the most important thing about playing the violin is the head movement. Oh yeah, because you know if you're really into something. Maybe that's more the facial expression, but it's both. With classical music, it's more maybe a little more the facial expression. Maybe. Yeah, if it's if you're a guitar player, I think it's more in the head. Um, it's in the shoulders, I think. Because the first thing you decide if when you play guitar is high or low, you know what I mean. 
Oh right, yeah. yeah. Are you, that was are you actually that was like a Dean Ween. Was that Dean Ween or Gene Ween? Dean Ween. There's somebody off camera here that we can bounce questions off of. Who's I can't not see speak. them, but that's cool. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> There's someone off camera for me. Um, did he's did, that was one of his lines. Either you go you go above the dick or below the dick, and that's how you, that's what guitar players have to wear their guitar. And then from that right. point forward, it's all it's always in the in the shoulders. That's right. how I always felt, you know. But yeah, violinists yeah. definitely do a lot of head movements. Yes. Do, do, Why is that? I, I'm trying to think of the musicians that are doing the head movements. Conductors do a lot of that. Pianists mm. do a lot of that. Yeah. Well, it's it's a classical thing, really. I think mm. is really what it is. Yeah. Um, that's usually where you see that those sorts of movements of of um, of passion, very mental passion. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing a very good job of it. All of this was funny before we started the I know. podcast. You should practice your head movements more. <laughs> should we get started with your yeah. 20 questions? Okay, you, Do you, you want... lead the way from now on. Okay. okay. Um, I will. My first question. My first question was going to be to ask you to jam for a moment. We kind of covered that. Is there anything that you wanted to play in particular? Mm, not really. Not right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you could continue to hold the violin, though, that would be well. That's that, that would be instrumental I, I, to the <laughs> overall vibe of this podcast. Yeah, you'll never see it out of my hands. <laughs> so this um, set me apart on in Radio Land. I have musical questions. Okay. I have questions about Canada, and then I have other questions that are just awesome. other about redheads. But, no, I'm just trying to think of the, the I didn't last wanna, obvious thing. That I was can... trying to. I didn't want to put you too much in a box. <laughs> Start with the one note song, and then. Branch out from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how tired will your voice be after this interview? Oh, um, it depends how good the questions are. Oh, okay. Actually. All right. But that's serious in a way because yeah. I speak better when I'm motivated. When something happens that I really care about, I'll start talking. If I, uh, well, if I um, am thinking too much, my voice will get constricted. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want, the more you think... Uh, the more if the more off topic I get about something that if I'm getting too mental about something, that's one pattern. See, uh, oh. where if I'm just extraneous talking, my voice will just turn off. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the and the reason why I said that for people that wouldn't know is that I have a voice condition called spasmodic dysphonia. There, you see, it just went off in the middle, mm. um, and it, it causes. Uh, muscle spasms in the throat um and it's part of a larger condition called dystonia uh, which can affect anywhere in your body muscle spasms mm. and um i've actually recovered to a point that doctors didn't think i would be able to uh, they said i need botox every six weeks for the rest of my life in order to be able to talk and i would never get a full um deep range again you can hear when my voice is working that it's a fairly deep uh, baritone mm-hmm. uh, voice and so it's kind of amazing that i've got it back to the point that i have uh five years ago i would always be talking like this that would be the oh wow much as you'd get so so you're like a, the perfect guest to invite over right ben, when you, if somebody wants quiet in the corner oh, somebody there just listen sure, sure. i thought you were gonna say you picked up your per- listening perfect skills guest to bring on a podcast yeah oh, let's, yeah let's bring it on a <laughs> narrative driven <laughs> medium perfect <laughs> could have mentioned that before you i'm showed pretty up. sure we can i'm pretty sure we can run some compression on this and get all those levels up but we'll see um 
What, do you have a preference for types of questions? I mean, I don't have to go in a, in a specific order here, you know, but I wanted to talk to you about music. I wanted to talk to you about Canada and I wanted to talk yeah. to you about other things. Mm, I think you should just dive in wherever you feel. Okay. And what yeah. rhymes with violin? Oh, Peregrine. Oh, like yeah. the Falcon. Or, or like Peregrine Took. Lord oh, of the Rings. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I was thinking about the Falcon. There's a burden. Yeah, Peregrine <laughs> no, Falcon. Oh, okay. <laughs> that might be who he was named after. Who knows? Um, that's good. That was. Do you have anything else? That, it was pretty good, especially because that wasn't the one I had thought of when I accidentally saw your questions earlier. You were, you and I thought, dang, that's actually a hard question. What yeah, does rhyme with violin? It's a tough one. Um, what about stringed instruments in general um, when it comes to sing, stringed instruments? Does size mm-hmm. matter? Does size matter? As, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Yes. Okay. You're just going to leave it at that? <laughs> I guess I did write a lot of yes-no questions. I probably should plan this ahead a little bit better. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to bring someone into my studio room and then ask them a bunch of que- 20 times yes or no. This is just statistics. I'm just wanting to get statistics Perfect. out of okay, these questions. Well, that's going to make this easy. Yeah. I want to know how, how often people say yes and how often they say no. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. It's a, it also depends if you're Canadian or not. Yeah. Yeah. That'll that'll influence well, it. Well, that'll be good. I'll be able to get a good baseline, international baseline after this interview yes. then. I'll have some more data yes. to crunch. So so do you can you elaborate please on the size mattering of the stringed instruments? No. Is there is there a smaller stringed instrument than a violin? Um <clears throat> good question. Actually, that's an interesting question and I'm sure after the interview I'll have a very clear answer but <clears throat> Mm, there's probably little guitars that are maybe like there's a Spanish guitar that, um, but I don't think it is smaller in the end. It'd be close to the same string length. Um, but you know, um, I guess what I would say about the size thing is that you'd be surprised that the violin is the loudest and it's the smallest. It's the loudest. Yeah, it'll, yes, it is. Um, in as much that it will carry the furthest okay. because it's it's higher pitch. Yeah. Although whales, that maybe that my my um, science is wrong on this because whales, when they when they're talking long distance, is it their low tones that carry farther? Yeah. The, right. Yeah, because they yeah, you, they have those low wavelengths that they send yeah. underneath the water to communicate with each other mm-hmm. about. I think that's during migration. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. But with the violin, yeah, it, it carries over everything. So th- that's that's one of the miraculous things about um uh the Stradivari violins and things like that, is that if it's if it's a really well made instrument, it'll carry to the back of the hall and a and the right way of playing it. Hmm. I saw an interesting thing about Stradivarius violins and mm-hmm. how they're trying to remake them. Mm-hmm. Um and what they found out was that during the time he was making his violin, it was violins, it was like mm-hmm. a, a mini ice age. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to make the best modern day replicas, they have to go to the coldest climates to get the whatever wood that that's made out, uh, out of the, out of those trees because they suffer. They have a, mm-hmm. the the thing is is the annual the the width the, of the rings mm-hmm. was a lot tinier mm-hmm. on the wood on those violins, and so they so can the make them much. Different. Yeah, they can make a much more accurate mm. representation of those if they go to a very cold climate because he was in Italy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, but it was 
mini ice age. And so like mm. the winters were extremely long. And so these trees were not growing very quickly on an annual basis mm. that he was using. I don't know what, I don't know if you know the type of wood that he used, but. Um, well, I believe it. He always used the standard, which is um, spruce on the top and maple on the back. Okay. <clears throat> um, bows. I've heard bows uh, talked about like that because they use Pernambuco wood, mm-hmm. which is um, from South America mostly. And, the the wood nowadays is much more difficult to get in high quality. Oh, yeah, because of various environmental factors. Have you ever been able to? So, have you ever had the opportunity to play Stradivarius? Uh, no, I played a Guarneri though, and Guarneris are equivalent basically. But so. I just haven't heard of them, so are right. you sure they're equivalent? Because <laughs> that's, that's definitely <laughs> the measuring stick. Yes, how famous is it? Well, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's cool, though. When we apply that to everything in our world, that would definitely hold water. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I've never heard of that person. <laughs> well, this is America, man. Well, let's get a, let's do relevant. some let's do some Canadian questions. Then, speaking okay. of the importance of fame, um, mm. what are five uses for maple syrup? Well, there's a lot more than five. You're cl- clearly from the U.S. Yeah. Um, Am I limiting you with That's a very this? limited question. Yes, oh, okay. exactly. But I w- I'll give you some examples that are kind of interesting. The, the one that is, is most interesting to me, uh, okay, it's not the most, but it surprised me, is you can make these amazing uh, popsicles with maple syrup by, um, if you have, you know, snow, which is usually around trees that are making maple syrup, mm-hmm. you compact it a little bit, make a little hole of whatever design you want, and you pour maple syrup in it, mm-hmm. it'll freeze, and you put a stick in there, you get a lollipop that's maple syrup, lollipop. Oh. It's kind of amazing, so right? So you just do it it's outside like, anywhere. Uh, or whatever, yeah. Oh, exactly. okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'm going to have so, to try that next time it snows. So yeah. I'm around maple. If you, so. if you go to Quebec, they, where most of the maple trees are in Canada, they have huge festivals that are based on it, and they'll have various things that you can do like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, the other thing I'll say about maple syrup is that if you drink now, I don't know in terms of bacteria if this is a healthy thing to do, but okay. I really enjoyed it. Don't try this at home, <laughs> or do if if you tap if, if you tap the the maple tree, which is how you get it, uh, mm-hmm. it comes out as water basically, mm-hmm. and so it literally just flows out and it'll fill up a bucket over the course of several hours, I believe, or mm-hmm. or days. It, um, but when you when it comes out, you can drink it directly, and it's delicious. Really, it's like. But this is they I'm not even sugar. Say more because now I got an I- a marketing idea. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, careful. I'll stop talking. To, okay. No, it, I'll just mute it. You can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it gets what happens is the maple the water gets boiled down, so mm. it takes days and days of boiling to evaporate the water out, mm. and what you're left with is the syrup. Oh, okay. That's how you make maple syrup. So it's actually just really good, just tree juice. It's just tree juice. <laughs> okay. Exactly. That's good to know. Yeah, Did yeah. you do you have more tips for us? That was only um, two. I know, but you we, know, we can go on forever about maple syrup. Should we move on? Is that I'm gonna go ahead and answer the questions the way I want to, and oh, okay. maybe if it's not the way that you asked, you know. I mean it's not very Canadian of me, but okay. I'm in the US now. So. <laughs> You're adapting to the care. culture. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes. Adapt and survive. You know? <laughs> so I, I do have a lot of music questions for oh, you. Okay, um, some of them are less goofy than others. Um, okay. But I do want to know if uh, Beethoven or Mozart was better. 
was the better of those two. <laughs> well, everybody wants to know that. Yeah. How would I know the answer? I just figured you did. Isn't that part of like classical training? Yeah. Musical training, mm-hmm. they tell you. But you mm-hmm. have to like, is it like the Mormon church? Unless you get up so many levels, you, have you to don't care. find out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually, yes. Uh, but I can't say more than that or I have to kill you. Oh, okay. Technically. Right on. Yeah. Well, I'll be careful. I'll tread carefully. Can you pick between buds? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to the next question. I, yeah. I would tell you that, that it really depends on your mood. If you want to, you know, rock and roll, get the emotions going in a rajastic way, as our Indian colleagues would say in mm. energy healing, um, which means movement, um, then you go with Beethoven. If mm. you're feeling more romantic and, and, uh, and soft, then you go with Mozart. Was it true that he was kind of considered like the original, like rock Beethoven, like the because he had some stubborn yeah I, I lines think, that he I wrote. Think, well, well, he he did some weird things, like he took all the legs off his piano because he was deaf at a certain point in his life, mm-hmm. and um, he would actually feel the vibration of the piano through the floor, mm-hmm. and that helped him to write his music. Oh. which is actually really interesting in in terms of how I perceive music, which is. I grew up with it in a way that um, it it kind of becomes part of my experience of life so that um, I um, just take music for, um, I was going to go on a tangent, but I'm not thinking of what I want to say specifically. Um, music is vibration mm. and Life is vibration, essentially. If you are going to get into string theory here a little bit, okay. you know, um, because there, there, if you if you consider on that level, then music is life, and life is music. Mm-hmm. And so, I couldn't choose Beethoven or Mozart as as better because um, it depends on what mood you're in, mm-hmm. how how you want to vibrate. And then I'll continue from there with other extemporization if I if it comes up in the question. Okay, well, then I was just going to ask you about, I was going to ask you next about uh, the Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin. Which one of those two? Are you going to give me the same answer on no, that one? No, I'll try not to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Because it's Led that, Zeppelin, That's right? a little easier, obviously. <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, if, if you have any Good. musical, like... <laughs> appreciation for working hard you know you're obviously going to take the band full of musicians over the band full of drug addicts <laughs> but ironically that's not what necessarily translates for people yeah right because um music primarily for people i think is yeah, um uh, somewhat of a of a base level experience so we want music to help us exercise we want music to help us relax we want music to help distract us from mm-hmm. whatever we're thinking about and if you look at that on a on a brain level there's a book called this is your brain on music mm-hmm. and um it, it basically has to do with dopamine levels so your brain is always analyzing what it's listening to and it's trying to predict what comes next yeah and that's oh, an, that's an okay. evolutionary thing yeah so i was i was actually uh watching a documentary in, uh about uh the brain and dopamine release mm-hmm. so if you are expecting something to happen like mm-hmm. let's say you make a plan like i'm later on today i'm going to go on a hike right mm-hmm. and okay. if the hike is better than what you expected your brain releases a whole bunch of dopamine yeah but if it's worse yeah then it then it constricts the amount of dopamine that's because there's always a certain amount floating in your brain it's right. like constantly like producing it at a certain rate yeah and it'll accelerate it if something's better than what you thought it was going to mm-hmm. be or it'll dial it back if it's if it's worse right and so it, in the future it'll make you it'll it'll persuade you to avoid certain things versus like go into those and they think it's 
something that evolved right. specifically to you know re have because, us repeat because every behavior. Time we, every time we have something good that happens, we mm -hmm. get more dopamine. Yeah. Right. Which and could so, be like a hunter scavenger type thing if right. you run into this. Hey, we got the deer. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we're going or back. You're coming again. home with a few mm. berries and it's like, mm, it don't go back to that well. bush don't, anymore. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so yeah, so we're, we're dopamine fiends <laughs> yeah. in, our, in our brain, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's why mindfulness actually is becoming so useful because mindfulness helps us to not have expectation. So if we don't have expectation, our dopamine levels will be more steady. Oh, really? Yeah. That and, makes sense. And so, and so, um, depression, so like meditation? depression and anxiety mm -hmm. has to do directly with our dopamine. So that's what anti, anti, um, depressants are mm -hmm. is they, they, they regulate your release of dopamine. So you can't get overly excited and overly sad. Mm. Um, and so, um, to, to come back to music and tie that together, when we're listening to music, if we, our, our mind is doing its evolutionary thing of, I want to know what's coming next. Yeah. And if I know what's coming next, I'm going to get a hit, a hit of dopamine. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if we listen to music that's predictable, mm -hmm. we end up getting a lot of dopamine and that's pop music. It, yeah. It becomes popular. I think we had this conversation a couple months ago. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pop music is popular. Because of the dopamine release, because we know the refrain's coming and exactly. it's super predictable. Right. Whereas the more complicated music, that's why it takes a while to get into. Mm -hmm. You need to practice and you need to... Well, and, and, and this goes back to the vibration thing I was touching on, which yeah. is that um, when, if, if it's music that isn't predictable, we're not getting the dopamine thing, but it ha still has an effect on us. Mm -hmm. And that's why classical music, for example, is more like that, is that you have to develop an appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. they, they talk about that a lot in, in school. You have to develop appreciation for music. And so uh, when we, when we um, develop an appreciation, we start to listen differently. Mm -hmm. We experience the music rather than getting these little sugar highs, basically. Yeah. And when we're experiencing music, that means we're experiencing the vibration of the author or the musician, the composer, the players, and they are experiencing their life. You know, when when a musician plays, if it feels emotional, it's because their life is in the in the strings. Like my music got much better when I lost my voice because mm. I, I realized I couldn't write a song and tell the story. I was writing, trying to write pop songs, stuff like that. Yeah. And I was, you know, um, predictably trying to create a storyline for people when I couldn't do that. I started playing my music differently. I actually had people come up and say, I love the stories you tell with your violin, mm. um, which was actually because I traveled to England for the first time. And in England, they have a history of folk music in their culture. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, I've heard about this actually. So strongly that mm. everyone is aware that folk music is a thing. Like they've all heard it and they even have some level of appreciation for it. Mm. Um, and so, therefore, they have an appreciation listening to a fiddle player that, oh, you can hear a story in that music, as opposed to a lot of North Americans just go, at best, they go, oh, is that Irish music? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they only huh. have a visual picture of a fiddle player in a pub that's Irish music. I, I have a, an, our God, he's our godfather, Michael James, that uh, went to Ireland to learn how to, he went there with his violin to mm -hmm. play, like learn all the folk music. And he said when he went there, it was super annoying because he, he was an American and they all wanted to play rock. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. so he couldn't get, he was there to try to learn how to this, like learn all is... that, that folk music culture. And he's like, and then I would just end up at a, 
in a rock jam this session. This is exactly the problem because yeah. pop music is addictive. Yeah. And it's easy. It's mm. easy to get the idea of rock and roll and pop music. It's one, four, five. It's predictable. Mm. We all but and it's repetitive. Within three minutes, crying out loud, it's repetitive. Yeah. No yeah. wonder we have a short attention span because yeah. every time and, and it's actually more repetitive than that. Good pop music is repetitive from within the first verse. You'll start there's themes that are happening. Mm-hmm. And a good and a good writer will have them and a good band will work that inside of all the music that they're playing. So it's just the whole thing is just this constant swarm orgiastic experience of dopamine <laughs> hits, you know, and just like that's you know, and 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 it dumbs us down. That's why I just wanted to play a one note song. Right. Because I just wanted and, that, and we, that and dopamine we, hit right away. It needs to be repetitive as soon as it starts. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, um, I, you know, when we did it in rehearsal, I think we we're no. I was, I, I joked and said this, this is becoming a lot of tension mm. because we actually developed a story with it, mm. and we should maybe even do that right now. We should play it again, okay? And and listen to the story that happens between us, okay? <clears throat> in fact, should we'll, I change the should I change the beat this let's, time? Let's make it obvious. Um, we'll start off not telling a story, okay? We'll just play a one note song, which everybody thinks. Are you serious? How are you gonna? That sounds like the dumbest idea ever. Should I do a... Do you want a drum beat on the background of that? Sure, it doesn't okay. matter. Okay. Well, let me hit... Let's try six. Okay. The favorite. Oh, it's got a little conga in there. See, and for the first couple of times, this is almost groovy, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets... But now it gets stale. Yeah. And we get bored. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nothing intriguing our mind to start going, mm-hmm. where are we? Yeah. Right. So now we'll add a simple note okay. that's going to do the same thing. At first, it'll be it'll interest us because it's changed something. Yeah. But then it's going to quickly become boring. Okay. Do you want Do you want to hit the G this time? I'll follow your lead. It's almost groovy, but you really want something else to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? And I can't help but start telling a story with you because it vibrates different. story more listen to me and don't think about what you're doing you gotta keep playing though It's kind of a goofy story, but there, there's, there is some, you can, you, you can feel that the thing changes. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's as simple as, as it gets, but the, the principles be, are the same. And so you um, recognize something, you make a slight modification and it, it's and almost it like a, interesting it's like or... a super fast evolution. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Cool. Hmm. So that's really fun. That's, and, and so, yeah, that's the Rolling Stones are, are, 
um, one, four, five rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin is all over the place. I yeah. mean, the, there's time changes. The the and then then the sheer musician musicianship. Yeah, you know. Um, Plus, Stairway to Heaven is like one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> and then they add some pop, and yeah. that's that's the only reason why anyone knows them. Yeah, is because they had some songs that were that somehow captured our interest, mm-hmm. and it was amazing because they still had art. They were they were real artists, mm-hmm. you know. And in music, that gets thrown around all the time. As soon as you get on stage, you're an artist. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No. You're not, not always. you're not an artist unless you're expressing something that's unique to yourself. Sometimes you're just a performer. Exactly. That's the vast ma- majority. We should probably stay on the music topic. Okay. Or no, let's talk about uh, what are the advantages of a bisexual strip club? Oh dear, that's a long way away. I know. Uh, I think. I think. How could I? Or maybe it's connected. How could I connect it? Yeah. Um, I know why you're asking this because we were, we've been <laughs> hanging out for the weekend and this is a like seriously inside joke. Um. <laughs> But, you know, I guess guess everyone everybody wins at a bisexual strip club. <laughs> so it's like the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin in the same concert. <laughs> you just you, you get it all. Yeah, exactly. Some. And there's nothing wrong with pop music. Like I don't want to sound I like I'm knocking that or even performers versus artists. There's nothing wrong with that. I just want to be clear that there's a difference. Uh, why isn't there not a bisexual strip club yet? Do, you know what I mean? Like I haven't heard of it. Is there? Right. There should be. I mean, basically, you're talking about having naked men and naked women at the just, same place, Yeah, just right? a bunch of nudity. Oh, it's just... A, that. That's called a sex club, I think, actually. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> totally different market. <laughs> the cost of admission there is much higher. Right. <laughs> or lower. Or, yeah, exactly. Quite likely. You got to know the knock on the door to get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't just let anybody into those places. Is it, was that a Led Zeppelin thing? Knock, knock, knock. Oh, no, that's different, Ben. <laughs> it was a stairway to heaven and gone away. <laughs> so, um, so let's say that you weren't uh, never allowed to play violin again. What are you going to grab? That's what instrument are you going to grab? Terrible next? thing to say. Yeah. What would um, what would you do? Well, that's a, a great question. In that, um, what happened for me as as a musician when I lost my voice was I started looking at the violin differently. First, it was a life raft because I thought I needed to, to be a singer in order to have a career, so I could finally make money doing this mm-hmm. um and um when when i did lose my voice to the point that i couldn't sing anymore um the universe which is uh forever efficient always perfectly efficient um threw in a major psychological breakdown mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um you could basically call it a nervous breakdown it was just stress that my conscious mind could not deal with anymore yeah and so anxiety out of control. And mm. actually what's funny is that I didn't even know I had anxiety up until the point I started having chronic panic attacks. Oh, uh, wow. So bad that I didn't leave my house for two months. And Dang. after that, I didn't go out by myself other than walk around up and down the street at short ways, several driveways, um, without someone else in my family. My immediate family, somebody that helped me feel really stable. Because um, otherwise I literally felt like I was in pieces. Um, it's amazing how anxiety, you don't realize what anxiety is until you get pushed to that point where it's just like completely ridiculous. Yes. And you're like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Am I having a heart attack? And when uh, there's a panic attack, yeah. you don't even know what's going yeah. on. You're just, you're just everything like, is dying. Like I need to go, I need to go to the hospital right now. What's going on? That's it's like, and then, you know, after, after you get through that point, it's kind of nice. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm just a little anxious right now. <laughs> right. About whatever. I need yeah. to quit thinking about things this way. Yeah. Anyway. So your mental breakdown, you're going to be right, a right. famous. Sing, famous don't, singer. Don't don't distract me from yeah. from telling you all about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
you know, what it led me into was meditation. And mm -hmm. because when you're really anxious, one of the best things you can do is just stop doing anything. Um, it, it, I, I suppose I, I would say, though, that if you're really anxious and verging on a panic attack, that's really difficult to do. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the best thing to do. <laughs> but when you're in the, the really highly stressed zone, which tends between those points, yeah. uh, between panic attacks, the, sometimes the most relieving thing we can do is close our eyes and stop doing anything and just mm. connect to our breath and bring us to somewhere other than our brain is yeah. all that is, in my opinion, is mm. that we're stopping being with our, our, our thinking mind. And as soon as we do that, we come back to some other place, which we've forgotten about in our society, which is that we have a knowledge base in our body that is I. When I say I, mm. you know, we know... It's not just the word that we think about because we can think about, about ourselves in third per person. We do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, or second person. And um, and so if we can come into that place, then we calm down. And when I did that with music, when I was my, in my life raft of a violin, like, what can I do? And people started saying, I love the story that you're telling. Mm -hmm. Suddenly I started to realize that um, that music could communicate in a way that I had no idea. It, it would communicate us, uh, connect us as human beings. Mm -hmm. This whole thing that we've forgotten about, we're so polarized about our thoughts. Yeah. And and we're completely in our mental minds right now um, as, as Western society. And we've forgotten how to connect with each other as humans, you know, but when you're, when we're, we're unhappy when we're by ourselves for too long, yeah. Right? So there's some inherent, really important value of just being with other people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, and it's not the fact that we don't have anyone to talk to. It's this feeling of being with someone else, right? Yeah. And so I connected to that in, through my music so that suddenly I realized if I play from that place and other people would experience me feeling like who I am, not who I think I am. And then they, they actually ended up feeling like that too. So like a meditative type state it, is what you're it, talking about? Yeah, it, okay. it's a meditative kind of state. And and if if we consider meditation simply to be um, an awareness of our thoughts versus our mm -hmm. our experience, a step away from yeah. our thinking mind. I, I started meditating like just a few months ago, I think, or maybe about six. Uh -huh. And so I've been dabbling in it. And it's it's really interesting because you don't realize the way I think about it is is like your brain is in like a jar, uh -huh. you know, cool. and it's all we're getting is all of this. And it has all these tentacles that are just hanging out of it. And it's just yeah. getting lit up. Yeah. Anything you touch is lighting it up. And mm -hmm. then it's, it's sending the signal bouncing around inside of it over and over again. The light is hitting mm -hmm. your eyeballs and mm -hmm. sound hitting your ears. And it's like all of these Stimulus. things are just, yeah, all these stimuli are, are, are hitting it. And we don't know how to tease apart like what we should be thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I, and I feel like almost fatalistic totally. about the whole process because it's like you think that you have like this free will or you have this feeling of free will and this mm -hmm. fr this feeling of action. But when you sit down and meditate, you realize that all those things are popping. And you can't you can't stop it. Right. You can't turn it off very easily. You right. can with some. But work. you can discover that you're human. <laughs> yeah. And that it's happening. Yeah. And that as soon as we just simply realize that, then then we go to another another place altogether. Yeah, just acceptance of the fact right. that that's, then that's you what just, it is. Oh, look at that light show. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like playing something. Can I play something yeah, for you? Yeah, do it. <clears throat> so, so I'm not... Because, like, in fact, we've been doing a lot of talking. And so one of the things that I like to do is, with music is I 
just like to go to music because that helps me come out of my mental state. Okay. <laughs> and, go, and, co- and, you know, other people do yoga for it, but... So even doing just a little bit like that, mm-hmm. I feel different. I feel better. Do, you, do I seem different <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> well, it's like more relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally. Cool. Yeah. How long did it take? Now I have a whole different set of questions. Okay. Um, mastery of getting the sound from your head mm-hmm. out of your instrument Great is question. something that I've never achieved because of lack of discipline on the guitar you know do do you feel like is that something that is actually reachable or is that are you always just pushing for that extra point zero 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 one percent of that hundred percent like freedom of of, yeah um i actually have really good news which is that i think anyone can do it okay and we actually do it by going straight to the problem area which is the brain okay so um, it's a, it's a system of judgment and that's all it is. If once we practice not judging ourselves, mm-hmm. then we can get to a point where it does, it had like, I haven't done this yet, but I would love to get hooked up to an EEG machine mm-hmm. and watch my vitals change when I start playing music in this way, mm-hmm. because I can feel it and you can probably see it on my face and so, with the camera. Um, <clears throat> and and it's just a matter, it, it physiologically changes us when we're no longer analyzing, if I say this thing, is it going to be good or bad? Okay. Right? Yeah. Because that's what the brain does. Is it's, a, it's a computer that records everything that happens in our life, and then it analyzes the results. And then every time we step outside, it's going through those that whole series of possibilities. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to help us choose the one that's going to lead us in the best direction. And... Um, and so that's exhausting and it's, it's why as adults, we become less free. Mm-hmm. Children have an open state of mind because they haven't collected a lifetime of experiences and, and also doubts and obligations yeah. where they think they have to get from here to here. Therefore we have to choose the safest route to get there, you know? Uh, and that's why things like, um, 
like motivational talks make a difference or, um, you know, your own pep talk that if a person chooses to have a positive attitude, they will have a better outcome than someone that doesn't. But they're still not going to necessarily feel as free as someone who practices meditation really successfully, for example, and has relieved themselves of, of judgment to a level that you just won't get to unless you spend time cultivating that practice. Um, so that's what, that's, what a, that's what meditation is. We start off with just the notion that there's thoughts that are separate from us. Mm-hmm. And then we start to learn how to, how to let them happen and be more and more disengaged. And so a meditator would learn how to play this music much faster than someone who hasn't done meditation. Hmm. But if, if you want to learn meditation, it could also be really good to practice music in the way that I would show you. Hmm. Um, so for example, what I, what I often uh, tell people who are, who are learning to play but have an interest in playing what I call living music, because this is music that is of me. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I'm not concerned about the notes that I play. I'm, I'm only concerned if it's coming from me and not through my mind. And so uh, I would say if you can play a simple piece on a piano, go to it, break it right down, just go to one note, the first note of it, and play it a number of times until you get bored or you um, wonder why you're doing it. Or And as and soon as that happens, notice it and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, and then until it comes up again, you think something else. This is stupid. Why am I doing it? And keep doing it. Okay. And do that to a point that you start to notice this exercise between am I in my head judging myself or am I in the experience of touching the piano? Am I in the experience of breathing while I'm touching the piano? You know, am I in the experience of dreaming about this piece that's that's wants to emerge? Like maybe I feel really a desire for the next note to come. And when you truly feel a desire for the next note to come, not from your mind because you want to get the thing done, mm-hmm. it's but you but your body's ready to have the next note. Then try the next note and do just that one, same way, or go back to the other one. Huh. And so it, it's, it's, you, you can see probably the way just that my body changes when I'm imagining myself doing it. Mm-hmm. I kind of, my, my state of mind changes. I, I, I'm in an altered state almost in a sense. Hmm. Um, state of mind is a better way. Do you to, think that's ubiquitous amongst great musicians? Um, I think great musicians, absolutely. They okay. would all understand. Um, yeah. they, or they would relate. Not mm-hmm. everyone puts it into words what they do. In fact, a lot of artists hate talking about what they do because it's it's an inherent thing that they that they've just stumbled into or they were born into it. it's their natural nervous system way of being mm-hmm. in fact that's usually why you get artists that seem a little loopy because they're operating on a different system they're yeah. not trying to get from here to here they want to know where they are <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> and and what is that you know that's like and i have so many artist friends and before i went into this meditation thing mm-hmm. i couldn't reach them like i was pals with them and they were pals with me but we couldn't reach each other it was uh, really interesting so you think that so, certain artists are born with the the nervous system that puts them in the moment almost yeah. exclusively okay. uh, certainly through through their their medium they go mm-hmm. into the moment when they're outside of their medium they tend to be lost Okay. Because they don't have any guiding principle, any guiding focus um, to help stabilize a mind that is very free. Huh. 
that makes sense. Interesting. So, so I, like I would often see my friends that were incredible songwriters and things like that. I'd try mm. to emulate and I could, my songs always just, you just tell they were never even close, even mm. though the, I'd have the tone and the rhythm and the melody or whatever. Um, and then when we'd go walking down the street, I, you'd think they have ADD or something. And mm. I suppose clinically they might have or something, Yeah, <laughs> you know, but really they were just processing their stimuli differently. And mm. then they, then they happen to be, have found a channel for it. Um, and so, um, likewise, I think anyone can become an artist because it's a channel is just what you love to do. Like mm-hmm. if, what's your passion, what, or what, what do you, passion is an overused term. I, 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 so I would just say, what do you find yourself engaged, excuse me, engaged in? Mm-hmm. If you look at a course of a week or a day or a month, you know, is there one or two things that you often find yourself doing? And if that's it, I would pay attention to that and question, you know, why, why do I find myself doing that a lot? Mm-hmm. And then that usually will start to open up into something else, huh. you know? So I, we can all get there. Right. It just takes time. Totally. Well, I was yeah. I was I was actually analyzing it technically though too. Uh-huh. And then you completely subverted my assumption. Okay. Yeah, like No, how, but that's good. How to get to as a musician yeah, to yeah, do that? To, to master the Right. The notes, but right. your your argument is is not necessarily about mastery. Right. That that would be a different question to say like how do you become a a great like when I do it, I I'm more than just the living music part. Mm-hmm. But to be an artist is that's all that it is. Okay. It's just simply, are you truly expressing yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, and then if you want to become a well-known artist, then you better add some fancy stuff on top of it. You know, <laughs> something of interest. But, but you know, there's really great spiritual teachers who do not add anything interesting, mm-hmm. but people flock to them because because they're coming from a place that nobody else gets to. They're like, how, how are you just so chill all the time? Or, yeah. you know, what is it about, you know, people describe, like, some people are magnetic or mm-hmm. they have this this experience around, you know. Chill, genuineness. Is, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good lesson. I feel like some of these questions are kind of goofy, but we, maybe we That's should, just, right. maybe we should just trudge right ahead. Absolutely. Um, we talked about that. Let's, let's go back to Canada. We haven't talked about universal health care. Mm. Does it suck? Oh, I mean, personally, we haven't talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, because on this podcast, we definitely haven't yet. No. Um, uh, well, you're talking to an artist, so I, I immediately want to go back to, like, what is healthcare? Mm-hmm. You know, um, healthcare is the care of your health. And who's most responsible for that? The person who's most in touch with your health, right? So mm-hmm. it starts with ourself, you know? Um, and it's amazing the more... I've thought in this manner of of analyzing life because I never had a nine to five job. Um, I never had any security as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, I just find that the more I integrate something in myself, the more it shows up in my life. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, if I'm doing if I'm doing proper health care, then I'm eating well, um, and then I might be talking to people who also eat well and have an interest in it. Mm-hmm. And then I might find someone, I find it all the time, someone who knows something about health that my doctor had no idea about. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, no, I cured that by eating this, you mm-hmm. know, or I cured it by eating that. And often you'll have conflicting things. So one person says eat nothing but less, the other person says eat nothing but meat, mm-hmm. and they might both be right. And so it's it's not 
the only thing that matters is that I started out caring about my health mm-hmm. and I found myself in conversation with people and then I and then I'll find my way forward with it. And so and here I'm finding myself in a much healthier place, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I dare say that the the farther if everyone does that, then like think about it, if everyone did that, then there would be an industry for people who who provide uh, nutrition advice mm-hmm. in a way that there isn't right now. You know, I've I've seen stories about doctors that are sending. There's one kid I don't remember, but it was some major story in like a reputable source. This kid had all kinds of symptoms, and they yeah. couldn't figure it out. They sent him through batteries of tests, thousands. I can't even imagine how many hundreds of thousands of dollars our bureaucratic health system oh, yeah. would have would have spent on this kid. Yeah, it wasn't until like after all of it, and the doctor had given up. That they said, so somehow it came up, what do you eat? <laughs> and the kid says, pizza and Pepsi. Ooh. And what kind of pizza? <laughs> no, no, like pepperoni pizza and Pepsi. And, yeah. and, and honest to goodness, that's the, that's the real life tale. And, and then, you know, amazing. Gave him some broccoli. Start, and his, exactly. His, and his yeah. health, and his body went back to An normal, huh. you know, and which is miraculous. Wow. He didn't deserve to have that happen, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but our bodies are incredible. Mm-hmm. We're, and humans are incredible. We're, we're just filled with possibility, you know, that we're just endlessly creative. Our bodies are endlessly miraculous. Mm-hmm. We just have to give them the chance. And again, coming back to the brain thing, like we're always thinking we have to go to past experience and put that in front of us to minimize our chances of failure, mm-hmm. right? But that's really gotten us stuck. I think we've taken that as far as we can carry it, you know? Um, we, the only way to move forward now is to wonder what happens in the, in the areas that we don't understand, you know, and so, you know, if I want to know, if I want to fix healthcare, I should probably start with me. And if we, if we, if everyone does that, then we're going to have a whole bunch of people that are managing their healthcare by having fun conversations with their friends, you know, and maybe that reduces the burden on the health system. And maybe that puts f- the big pharma care out of business or they have to change their business is what they would do. Yeah. And, and next thing you know, now we've got, we don't even have to change our healthcare system. We've we've got um, we've got we've got all the resources we already need. Yeah, it's just that nobody thought to 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 think about it differently. We always thought, well, I better make sure I get insurance so that if I get sick, there's a minimum chance of me getting killed. Dang, <laughs> you're pretty reasonable. This is, sounds like a libertarian artist. It? That, yeah, g- careful. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, but that's a very, this, it's almost like a, a liberal libertarian right. viewpoint on something. Sure, sure. Because I'm like the libertarian, which I'm a recent convert, is oh, yeah. about personal individual, right? You know, uh, responsibility. responsibility. And but if yeah. you look at it from a holistic perspective, it's, it's not, just, it's, it's actually it makes, the most, it's the, it, taking care of ourself is the most generous thing that we can do for everyone around us. It's just that we've yeah, forgotten how to, to do that. Well, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. The most generous way you can, you can take care of other people is to make sure that your garden's in order. Right. <laughs> totally. So true. But, and I, I, I honestly think that the opposite happens when we try to take care of everyone, then we don't take care of ourselves, and now no one's taking care of us. Because we can't take care of other people to a large extent, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't take care of the kid with Pepsi and, and pizza. <laughs> he's, yeah. you know, he's probably seen other people eat food. You know, he's got to yeah. choose to do that himself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Put down the Pepsi and pizza. Um, I want to know what it was like uh, growing up in Victoria. Um, so, yeah, Victoria's on Vancouver Island. 
uh, which is on the west coast of Canada, and it's and it's an it's kind of an isolated place, um, not not like you know Alaska isolated. Hmm. Um, but there's no there's no roads going in, right? <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, exactly. There's no bridge, so yeah. so there is only ferry service that goes to it. But you know the whole island is is quite large. It takes about twelve hours or more to drive it. If it oh. was if it was on a freeway, it would doing sixty miles an hour, it'd probably take eight hours to go from top to bottom, and it'd take about two hours to go widthwise. Oh. So it's, it's decent, not it's huge, bigger, it's not tiny. Bigger than Hawaii then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Much bigger. And um, it has everything on it. Well, that's probably the best thing about it is that it's got, it's, uh, maybe it doesn't have a desert. It doesn't have any desert landscape. Mm. Um, except Victoria is a little bit of a Mediterranean kind of climate in terms of the amount of rain it gets. Yeah. So it's actually fairly dry um, compared to Vancouver where all the rain slams against the coastal mountains. Oh, okay. So, um, but in the way that that affected me is, is that, um, I think it, it helped me to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of Victorians are, are a little bit quirky, especially in the artist community. Um, there's a lot of, uh, musicians that never leave Victoria because they can actually make a living playing in restaurants for a hundred bucks a night and, and teaching and teaching kids, you know, the instrument that they, that they play. And that's pretty amazing. That's utopic in in a lot of ways, you know, um, as of like the last five years, that's a lot harder because in Victoria, the real estate has gone up a lot. Yeah. But that, that's not a big deal. We've got a big island that's unpopulated. We have mm-hmm. a million people in that, in that space. And let me tell you, it's mostly empty. Yeah. You know, and, there, and there's a lot of small towns that you can move off to. And artists are always doing that. You know, the, the village in New York, you know, um, Hayden Ashbury. Um, we're, we're always going to where it's quirky because... It, we feel free there. Yeah. We're not restrained to the, the grid of suburbia. Yeah. It's just natural. Um, and um, and so I don't worry about that. I just look at Victoria when I grew up was really quite wonderful. It, you know, I could go from one gig and then uh, and then there'd be a later gig playing somewhere else. I'd go and sit in with my buddies and have a beer and I'd learn how to play jazz just by doing that, you know, oh, dang. or my version of it. I, I'm not a jazzer. Um, so there's a lot of music on that island. There, yeah. There, and, and unfortunately in Victoria, that it's, it's dying out as, as the money's come in, it's died out. And, you know, I think that's probably true in, in our world right now is that, that as soon as we get commercial influences, um, that, and I don't want, didn't want to say commercial specifically, that's just a broad way to describe what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. As soon as we have a lot of economic energy happening, then that becomes the focus. Yeah. Right. And as soon as we do that, then we then everybody goes into their animal brain of, well, I'm investing a million dollars into this house that should be only worth about a hundred thousand. You know, yeah. I bet I better make sure that my neighborhood stays clean or whatever. Yeah. You know, and we lose a lot of a lot of of creative uh, possibility. So a lot of those venues, I went back this last year and I, I go back and forth a lot, mm. but recently there's been a big shift and, and a lot of those key venues are gone or at least they don't have music anymore. Weird. And it's just gone. And I, and I'm just, and I called it I, to ask about it. Oh yeah. We, every day we get somebody calling about music, but no, the owners decide they didn't want to do it. Hmm. New owners bought it. That's a so, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's a major bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about should we talk about some RV stuff? Oh yeah, because I've been traveling in a in a fifth wheel for the last year. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, my wife and I um, uh, have been living in Portland for the last five years. And that's where she's from, and we tried to buy a house um, because we felt like it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, and in as much that 
Um, Keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah, kind of. It was yeah. like we were seeking some kind of stability because when you are living without a paycheck and, and this kind of thing, eventually it gets a little tiring. Yeah. You know, I've been in a lot of bands that came really close to doing things. I've had lots of individual high-level experiences, but until they tie together in the music career, it, it, you're still left treading water at best. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, yeah, there was a little bit of, okay, you know what? I, w- I need a rest. I need a break. I'm just, we're just going to buy a house. We'll rent out part of it. And you know, we'll settle down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and there was a, a real natural feeling of that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it is. It's it's kind of like it's guaranteed then. Right. Yeah. Once you get your mortgage payment. The animal then brain can yeah, kind of go to comfort. sleep for a little while. Now, yeah. Right. Yeah. You checked off an important box. And I, and that's huge. It, it, that's mm-hmm. absolutely valid. And um, so, but the universe didn't have that in mind for us because we tried to buy the house and Turned out there was a lawsuit hidden in the estate from which it was being sold, which our realtors didn't explain to us, even though I pointed it out to them. Oh, nice. I, I, you know, they sent us this title report that you get, and and it was buried, you know, in a stack of emails about things I've never heard of, like house inspections and, and mm. property alignment documents. And just like, wh- why am I seeing any of this? Like, it's where the fence, like, it, it, what's, you know, why? And so I sent it to the realtor. I said, just tell me that everything. If, if we're good on this. And they mm-hmm. wrote back clearly, absolutely, totally clear. And it just so happened that we had to have a lawyer review some documents for some financing things. And he said, everything's great except for this Liz Pendens. And it's like, okay, that's Latin. And so that makes me nervous. <laughs> and and uh, Anything that's Latin exactly. is serious. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's, it's basically a lawsuit against the property. But don't worry, 90% of these go away as soon as you offer the money. I'm like, okay, well... Take your word on it, but now I'm scared. And anyway, we did offer the money, and it did not go away. Oh. And so now we're in, in really hot water. And and forever, you know, it leaves me. I I see so often. It's like, why is it that you hire someone who's supposed to be a professional, who is a professional in their field, and they can miss such obvious things, and yet they can continue in their field. Mm-hmm. If I do that as a musician, if I come out and I forget to tune one of my strings, which is basically the the same, yeah. I won't last through the gig. Yeah. You know, I don't care how bad the bar is. They will pull you off stage, you know? So as a musician, you go, how is it this kind of mediocrity allowed to thrive where I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, you Mm -hmm. know, but yet it's, it's rampant, you know? So. No, people don't, they're not passionate about those lines of work though, either. Well, it's kind of just settling in, like you said. Yeah. And that's, that's a curious aspect about, is it a motivational thing? If it was the owner, Mm -hmm. would they have missed it? And, and so it opens up a lot of, of thoughts, you know, mm. and and of course not the smallest bit being that we're only human and mm. and we're going to err, you know. So, um, but so, I I find myself thinking a lot about those sorts sorts yeah. of things, you know, which again is is kind of a product of of not driving in a straight line in yeah. your life, you know. So you got an RV instead so of so instead house. we man- thank goodness we managed to get out. It cost us some money with a lawyer to get out of it. Because they never did sign the documents they promised us to guarantee us that we wouldn't get sued if we bought this house. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so eventually we just pulled the plug and, and walked away. And uh, uh, and so, but at that point, just before we chose to, to pull the plug, which had been two months of our life committed, um, we thought, you know what, maybe we should go explore different cities. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did is, is we bought an RV and we thought, let's go check out this amazing country. Let's... We really were only interested in the western part. 
um, uh, for personal reasons. One mainly being that we like being near ski hills. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, we traveled around and, and that really kind of led to more support of this thought of the more free we can make our mind, the more possibilities open up in our life that we had no idea were waiting for us. Mm. But we had to embrace the chaos of not knowing to allow change to happen. That was one of my questions, actually, was about chaos. What are the advantages of chaos? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not very chaotic that that came up. <laughs> I know. It's very coincidental. Like I, the I don't know. Universe is in alignment. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you talk about chaos. And I, yeah, probably exactly from previous conversations. <clears throat> well, in Chinese medicine, and, and that was, I should mention that when I did have that really hard nervous breakdown, um, the main way I came out of it was meditation and also going to university uh, in a in a school that does energy healing, mm. uh, which is basically studying uh, ancient forms of healing, which is uh, in that school, uh, Chinese healing, uh, Ayurvedic healing, which is Indian healing, and uh, First Nations healing, um, Native American healing. And um, they take it to a whole new level of when you know thyself, when you know this knowledge that's in our body versus the mind that's dominating nowadays if you really know this aspect of your 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 body wisdom you can start to open up all kinds of new possibilities in yourself and um uh that notion of of chaos is really important in chinese medicine where they actually want to inst instigate chaos in your system so that it will balance itself because basically what we usually have happen is when we get stressed, you know, our mm. shoulders might get tight. Everyone has something they can point to in their body. Yeah, as yeah. A, and that's because our body is holding the tension, the stress in that, that specific part. And energetically, it's like a magnet. We've got electricity running through our muscles. We create an energy field around that muscle. And But if we can release that energy, if we can stir it up, create chaos, the body will naturally try to line it back up into a natural flow and help your muscles relax. So Chinese uh, medicine wants chaos, basically, because mm. your, your body should always be changing because, like you said, we've got stimulus constantly happening around us. Yeah. And, and uh, rather than trying to control the stimulus, the news, the everything, we just got to kind of roll with it. And so when we were in the RVs, that's really what it was, too. It's like every day you're in a different place. <laughs> How long does it take to park one of those things? Oh, it, how, it, it depends. That must have been, was that harder to learn than the well, violin? <laughs> the joke is that, you know, that's how you get divorced quickly is, you know, to <laughs> park your RV with your, your spouse. Um, and uh, fortunately, we did a lot of camping out in the wide open, so it was a lot mm -hmm. easier than that. We'd just go out into a lot of states, allow you to park in the in the woods or in the desert is, is especially good for that. And... Um, and and so basically we spent a year unplugged from what we typically spend time doing, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is a really powerful act in itself, right down to not doing the, the regular sort of relaxation things. I I used to love to golf and I didn't golf the whole time. And it mm -hmm. surprised my the heck out of my dad. You, what? You got nothing to do. Why aren't you going golfing? You know, mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was doing either. Honestly, I was kind of like, what am I doing? Just hanging out. But I was really, really, really ready to just hang out for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, in the end, I feel I feel like I just unplugged from all these influences that I'd gotten used to my brain going, okay, you're going to have to teach in a couple of days, so you got this to do and that to do. And and now I'm I'm feeling more ready to step back into my life, and, and I'm looking at doing music in a different way. Mm. Um, 
generating career things, looking at real estate differently. Um, and so letting that chaos reorganize myself and, uh, and come to more of an honest place in my life, which I think is what RVing is all about. And it's just oh. unfortunate that most people wait until they're old and, and therefore in their mind free enough to do that because we think we have to have money in the bank to save, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that all the boxes are checked, right? I like that. I mean, as far as getting rid of everything. Yeah. Because you don't know what's good and what's just, you just have it, that's just habit. Right, exactly. Until you just stop everything. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and then reassess. It surprises yourself. Huh. Totally. And, and it's in subtle ways, you know, yeah. it's not, sometimes you can point to it, sometimes you can't. It, and then it's accumulation of mm-hmm. of all that together, I'd say. Um, tell, tell me about, I know that's it's on on these questions too, about mm-hmm. your hiking and music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the place we spent a lot of time in was uh, Sedona, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And um, in Arizona, you can park anywhere in the desert, basically. It's, it's, it, they're very good about that. Um, and um, in Sedona, it's known because uh, there's a lot of red rocks. They call them red rocks, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is there's a lot of iron in the earth there. And energetically, that, you know, as a magnet, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a giant magnet. And um, they call it vortex energy. So it's spiraling energy. And that's, you know, when we do yoga, we kind of create little vortexes in our body. That's why we feel refreshed and cleaner somehow, you know, inside uh, when we do yoga. So when you go stand in the rocks, it does the same thing, basically, mm-hmm. unless your mind is really powerfully committed to that not happening. Okay. Uh, and usually what happens then is you feel uncomfortable and you leave. <laughs> oh, okay. Quite seriously, that's what happens in Sedona. You either love it or you hate it. Huh. And um, and we loved it a lot. Um, and uh, and I'll, I'll just sidetrack to say that when I was there, there was a film that was made two years prior um, by a, a film company that saw me perform in Portland. Mm-hmm. And they heard my story about my voice and my music like I'm sharing with you. And uh, they said, we'd love to film you, and, and, and if it turns into something great. Well, it turned out they put it into film festivals. And while we were parked outside of Sedona, I got a phone call saying it's been accepted to the Illuminate Film Festival, which takes place in Sedona. Yeah. And so I, well. That's coincidental. Well, yeah, then we're 10 miles away. And, and this is the thing about chaos. Like when we embrace it, there, the, uni- the, un- the universe has order that we cannot understand. You know, we're, we're starting to understand that there is something else, you know, when you get into quantum mechanics and stuff. Um, but I swear stuff like that happens more and more, the more I've, I've tried to n- not be in control of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I said, well, we're here, we'll go, I'll play music at it. And so, uh, I went and played music and it, it was really well received. I got oh, to sweet. share some of these things. Um, and, uh, the, it actually ended up winning, uh, the the best short documentary at uh, at this festival, which was totally blew my mind, um, and and created this whole movement for me of being in Sedona. I met a whole bunch of people, a lot of friends that felt like good friends, people that or people that you really felt like you, you resonate with. Yeah. Um, your vibrations are matching, and uh, and so I we want to go back and see what happens. You know, see see where things open up to. And one of the possibilities that I'm curious about is taking people into these red rocks yeah. where we've, where they've got actually 2 million people a year going to this town of 10,000 people mm-hmm. just to walk in the red rocks. I would like to be there as a guide. You know, you get guides that take you into the wilderness, but I want to take you into the wilderness of, of the energy, you know, mm-hmm. the wilderness of how music interacts in our life if we give it a chance. 
And so I, I imagine maybe, you know, taking several people up into the rocks and playing, having this kind of conversation with them and, um, and then playing some music to help them experience it. And, uh, you know, that, that probably will pay better than my $50 gigs at whatever bar that, you know, <laughs> takes me six hours to load in and out and <laughs> have to be in a bar environment all night. That so, would be more fun for sure. <laughs> Playing and then going on a hike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the, the bar is actually kind of like candy fun. It's the dopamine hit. And the other yeah. one, the other one takes courage because I, you know, I'm, I am nervous about the idea because I've never mm. done it before. Um, every time you go to do the, the tour, it's going to be different. I'm not going to say the same things. Yeah. It's going to depend on what they say to me and will I know what to say? I don't know. You know, will I play the right piece? Will I, and I'll do a lot of improvisation. Um, but trying to trust that more and more. So cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. what about, what about your music too? I wanted to make sure that you have an album coming out. Yeah. So, um, I have a an, an album of live music, yeah, yeah, right? quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'd I'd love to have the the ego high of the the labels, you know, releasing on November first, and y'all can get it at mm. HMV or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but uh, no, I've I've got an album that I am in the process of releasing, and um, it'll be up on my website soon, which is tylercarsonmusic.com. The album's called Time and Tide, and uh, the music is really about those subjects. It's about what happens when we go with the tide, let time move through, and and see where it takes us. And the music is actually all live performance. A lot of it is improvised, and so it's very much my life through music, the time and tide of my life through music. And in this album in particular, I'm using a loop pedal, and uh, which allows me to access both parts of our psyche, which is... When we improvise, we get into that freedom stage that is beyond the mind. That's a band who is improvising. And really, when you say, boy, that band's on fire, you know, it's like they're reading each other's minds. They're playing as one instrument. Mm -hmm. That's when they're communicating beyond the mind. And that's when people go crazy. You know, that's when you get the interest in music again, where people are like, I cannot live without this. Yeah, the the Grateful Dead type effect. Because literally we can't, because that's just the musical version of connecting with human beings beyond our minds. You Mm -hmm. know, thank God, because... You know, my mind's enough to wrestle with on my own, let alone <laughs> trying to manage other people's. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so this music is it also it, the improvisation part. Part I think addresses that experience. And then the the loop pedal allows me to access the part where we are so used to hearing music that does give us a dopamine hit, does allow us to feel comfortable, does allow us to have an idea of what's coming next. That. Um, uh, I record different parts, so it ends up sounding like a full band. Mm-hmm. And um, somehow it married together enough that it never gets stagnant, which, as we heard earlier in the podcast with our, our little Casio drum machine, well, you know, once it loops more than twice, <laughs> it gets a little boring. $35 has its limitations, I guess, but I, I, I like, don't know. You could, you I could. like this little guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been albums that absolutely, no joke, hit hit albums that will use something like that or excuse me or cheaper mm-hmm. because uh because they just needed a certain sound and it worked yeah you know it's all about it's all about creative use so yeah so that's the new album and uh and then the documentary will come out next year cool it's called living music and uh, i don't know how it's going to come out yet um but once it's done the festival circuit we can start talking with the producers about how it gets distributed and that kind of thing Sweet. So, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure I hit on all my questions, sir. Do you have anything? Um, 
I wonder if I should play at, at can you play an actual out? piece of something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it would be awesome if you okay. play us out. Yeah, and I can get a little bit more comfortable. Last time I was kind of wrestling, not really lined up for playing, so <clears throat> see what I can come up with. I'll play it. Hmm. There's there's a there's a few pieces that kind of come to mind in terms of tying together some of what we've been talking about, um, and um, I haven't played this one in a while, but I think I'll do it anyway. Um, it's a tune called Fiddle, uh, aptly named by my bandmates. Uh, very creative, thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and and can you play it on the Casio? And, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you got a fiddle button on that thing. Um, uh, yeah, the um, the funny part about this was I, I I wrote it in a in a during a sound check and I thought I was just goofing off, mm-hmm. you know, and waiting for them to get you know and Tyler you know stop playing for a sec, um, but instead they're like, dude, that's cool. I'm like, what is that? And, oh, it's just a just a riff. And if they hadn't pointed that out to me, I wouldn't have even kept it as a song. Oh. So that's some of the things. Is like our best ideas sometimes we don't even realize we're having them. And 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 so and I certainly wasn't trying for it, mm-hmm. but this um, this this combines the traditional fiddle, so people will will recognize that as a fiddle tune at the end. Um, it it combines a little bit of improvisation and rock and roll, and uh, and it combines uh, some innovation on the instrument because usually you only use a bow with a violin, but I really like um, strumming or plucking. The mm-hmm. instrument like a guitar because a guitar gets rhythm. Yeah. The violin doesn't get rhythm in the same way. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, this so is fiddle. Yeah.
<laughs> nice. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. My it was pleasure. a pleasure chatting with you. Totally. And I think we got to leave it at that, man. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Right. Have a good one. Okay. <clears throat>